You're listening to Your Bright Future, a Lava Ridge counseling podcast connecting home and school, where we share tips and tools to build a bright future for our students. Hey, welcome back to Your Bright Future with Mrs. J. And Mr. LD, thank you for rejoining us. We are so happy to have you join us for part two of our QPR training uh, podcast today. We are in the process of training our seventh grade students on this QPR program, which is an evidence-based suicide prevention program where we train kids to recognize the signs and know what to do if they see someone in their um, circles of friendship or in their families or what or wherever, mm-hmm. whatever walk of life that they might see where someone might be struggling with their mental health and thinking about suicide. And so we, our previous podcast, we had um, addressed some of the statistics and myths about suicide. And so we welcome you to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But in this one, we're going to be talking specifically about the warning signs of suicide and then what we are teaching the kids as far as QPR goes. So we jump right in to some of the warning signs. Um, there's a couple different ways that people can express those suicidal thoughts if they're having them. And they can, so they can be direct or they can be indirect. And so that often sounds like, um, obviously direct would be like, I'm going to kill myself, mm-hmm. right? I, uh, I wish I was dead, stuff like that. Um, indirect threats are going to be more like, um, I'm going to end it all. I won't be here much longer. I don't have to worry about that because no one cares and I won't be here. You know, things like that where they're kind of insinuating or, or alluding to the fact that they might not be around. Um, and so we want to watch for those kinds of things. We listen and teach the kids like what those sound like. Um, if they're talking about giving away possessions that are prized to them, there's a lot of different signs. So for um, sure. And, and with, the uh, I, all these signs, I, I, I think it's good to remind students and, and you listeners that it's changes, especially too. Sure. Like if we have a dramatic kid that when they don't do well on a test, it's like, oh, I wish I was dead. And that they've kind of been talking that way as long as they've been around. That I wouldn't say is a big warning sign. It's not a great way to communicate and express frustration, right. but but it's, but it's changes we're looking for. For, for those sure. kids, I think it's a good opportunity for us to say, hey, the language you're using matters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, totally. You know, think about what you're saying, especially because um, you, there may be people around you that are mm-hmm. having serious thoughts about that, and, and you don't want to be someone who's triggering those thoughts for them. But also, uh, and we take it seriously. Like, mm-hmm, And I tell mm-hmm. kids this all the time, like, it doesn't matter how many times you say I'm going to kill myself or in what way or whether you're laughing when you say it, whenever you say it, we are going to take it seriously. Yeah, and we're going to it's question true. you. We're going to talk about it and we're going to take action if needed. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I love that you're pointing that out. Um, nobody knows their kids better than their own parents. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you would know best if they really mean it or not. But here at school, I think we're going to always take that very seriously for sure, for and, sure. and look into that. So um, another warning sign could be actions that kids take. So I mentioned giving away possessions. Um, that's often a red flag. You know, mm-hmm. it, it can it not be, but it'll, it would be in con- conjunction with some of the other signs. We might say, hey, wait, let's ask this student about that. Unexplained anger, aggression, right? Irritability, unexplained mood swings. Um, acquiring a gun or stockpiling pills, definite red flag there. Sudden interest or disinterest in religion. So a student who's maybe been brought up in a religious home, suddenly rejecting that, mm-hmm. suddenly um, being very vocal about that. Or if they've never been interested in religion, if suddenly they're interested in the afterlife mm-hmm. or they're interested, what do you think happens after you die? Then they might that is a sign that they may be thinking about 
that in their own life. For sure. And again, with, with these, obviously someone becoming interested in religion or losing interest, that in itself, I often think of these you know, the more, the more likely, right? right. You know, right. so if it's just that, but if it's that and the stockpiling pills or all of a sudden they just withdraw from, you know, everything they enjoyed previously, you yeah. know, the, those, the, the more of these someone has. And, and, and as adults listening, I think it's good to think of adults in your life too, you know, sure. the people, not just children, but, but, but adults as well. Yeah. These definitely aren't just for kids. Um, yeah. And I think you're, it's like, you're painting a picture, right? Like if you just have one one color there, it's not going to make a picture. But if you start to see, totally. great, oh, great here, analogy. here are many different things and you're starting to get this clear picture in your mind, like, I think something's wrong, then mm-hmm. that's when you want to. But, but of course, the earlier you can know that, the better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so also um, drug and alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. So people with problems, we know, will often turn to drugs and alcohol to try to numb that or to mm-hmm. kind of uh, put those problems away or hide from those things. And so that can often be a sign. Um, and then putting affairs in order. So for kids that can be like looking like giving away the possessions mm-hmm. or trying to make sure everything's turned in, uh, bedrooms are clean, you know, all those kinds of things. Sure. They just want things to be in order. Um, and that, like I said, and like you've said, um, in itself is not a bad thing, but when it starts to paint a picture, that's when you want to start to ask yourself the question, yeah. of, is this a concern? I, I just a, kind of a personal anecdote. I had a uncle who ended his life by suicide. And I think like a decade ago, 10 years ago. And, and I remember at that time he, he gave away some of his, you know, like prize fishing rods and, and lures and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and after the fact, you know, we, as family were like, Oh my gosh, we should have been aware of that. But at that time in my life and in my cousin's life and, and everybody else around him, we did, we didn't know to look for these things, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, 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 a sad truth, like I, I, I think I mentioned in our last episode, that most of us at some point in our life will will have somebody in our circle, whether that's immediate family or friend or coworker or classmate that kind of struggles with suicide or suicide ideation. So it's good to kind of be aware of these just in the back of our brain, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some situations can lead to thoughts of suicide, right? So mm-hmm. things like being expelled from school, being fired from a job. I've heard um, kids whose technology has been taken away mm-hmm. from them sometimes can lead to that. Um, the death of a loved one could maybe cause you to think about suicide and mm-hmm. about moving on with them. Yeah, just that, that deep grief we, deep we can grief. feel. Mm-hmm. Serious or terminal illness can be a situation that can lead people to suicidal thoughts, you know, ending the pain mm-hmm, that they're mm-hmm. in. Uh, victim of assault or bullying. Again, mm-hmm. trauma can often be a huge um, foundation for suicidal ideation just because they maybe don't have any healthy coping strategies. They don't know for how sure, to sure. deal with the, the trauma that they've been through. And so often they'll, they'll lean to ending their life to end the trauma or end the effects of the trauma. Um, losing a major relationship. So again, that's a form of grieving, right? They, they, they're torn by that. And so that might lead to suicidal thoughts, financial yeah. probes um, or problems. Um, and then sudden ex- unexpected loss of, freedom or punishment. So again, like with the cell phone mm-hmm. or, or maybe you're cut off from your friends or yeah, cut yeah, yeah. off from online friends. A lot of times that will be something that triggers suicidal thoughts in students, but, and, and adults for that matter. But, um, these are some of the things like we just kind of want forewarned is forearmed, right? So we I want you to be 
aware of some of these things. It doesn't mean that any one thing in itself is going to be problematic, but whenever you see some of these things, you may want to just ask and show your concern and show just show that you love and care about that person. That's never a bad idea Mm -hmm. ever to do that. No, for sure. And just to reiterate some of those, I I don't want any of you to not feel like you can't ground your kid because of the (laughs) loss of freedom. Like if if they've broken family rules or expectations and with the phone and technology too. I mean, yes, some of the data does show if they, they do have that, their phone taken away and, and it can be an isolating thing, especially if that's their whole social world. But at this age, I, I, it's honestly the precedent. Like if your kids never had any kind of limit on their technology and, and phone connections and then all of a sudden that disappears completely, that can be a problematic thing that could lead to mm-hmm. those things. However, hopefully if you've been listening to this podcast, you kind of have limits in place. You've had conversations and, and expectations with technology um, where, where that's not just a 24-7 thing. Then you could curb that because they know that's coming, right? If they've had struggles and, and they haven't met your expectations and behavior, you know, contract type things, Absolutely. then that that does not equate to them being at suicide risk if you if you could tell some of that technology use. So again, every every situation is different, but it, but like you said, Tanya, I think it's just good to kind of paint these broad strokes so you could kind of be aware of that. Absolutely. Um, we're going to jump right into the QPR again. Kind of we hit on it last. Last podcast, I was going to say lesson, um, but generally speaking, that QPR stands for question, persuade, refer. And I love the analogy. I mean, obviously, this is what they were going for, but it's like CPR. And if you think of when CPR is used, are you CPR certified? I I think my CPR certified certification just expired. I, I, so I, I have I've done CPR. that multiple times in my life, but I have no idea if I'm, I have that active. But it, it, the reason we're CPR certified is for an emergency, right? If right. there was someone that needed it to to ha- get that immediate help to stay alive until paramedics or the ambulance or or the doctor can take over and do those life saving measures. So QPR isn't the doctor, it's not the hospital, it's not the ambulance, it's that person that can keep someone alive and okay until they could get those paramedics in that analogy there. So I, I love that, you know, kind of thinking in that way. And, and I love that. That's why we train our kids in this, that um, first and foremost, you know, when students of, you know, children have suicidal thoughts, typically they'll tell a peer first. So that's yep. why we arm them with this. Yes, absolutely. Um, General tips and kind of overview for QPR, don't wait. If, if, if you are worried, and again, as you're listening, I want you thinking of your children, but also adults. This is, this is a method that works for people of any age. But don't wait if you're worried about someone being in trouble. Be persistent. Give yourself plenty of time. Talk in private, right? That's that's an important one. If you're worried about your son or daughter struggling, you don't want to necessarily do this in front of the whole family at the dinner table. Right. Or, or if, if, if you're a parent or a relative or a friend, this isn't anything that anybody wants to talk about in public. But but in, in confidence and in private, um, don't judge. That's a big one. You want to go in with a kind of approachable manner where you're not going to be judging them for whatever they're going through. I mean, that's just kind of a, a common theme we talk about in these podcasts and allow the person to talk freely where they can just open. Well, you know, how are you doing? Um, and have resources in hand. And, and again, that's kind of just some broad strokes. Um, 
and I guess we can jump right in with the, the question. <laughs> and, and there's a few different ways. This is the cue. And I'd say this is the most important step, especially for, for school-aged kids to be aware of. Indirect questions, right? Do you ever feel like it isn't worth it? Have you ever been unhappy? Have you been unhappy lately? Have you ever been so unhappy that life doesn't seem worth living? And those are kind of beat around the bush ones. I I think those can be a useful starting point. Obviously, you wouldn't want to stop there. Um, direct questions. Are you thinking about killing yourself? You Here's another one. You seem pretty miserable. I'm wondering if you're thinking about suicide or hurting yourself. And I like those ones because those are yes or no questions mm -hmm. that the person has to answer, right? And if they kind of say, I don't know, then of course you ask follow-up questions. Well, you know, tell me about it or what's going on. Right. And that, that gives them, especially if you're in private, you're being non-judgmental, that gives them that space mm -hmm. to open up. Yeah, and I often will approach it with kids um, who I'm working with. I'll say, you know, you're here because we care about you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I am just going to ask you directly. I, I want you to know that I'm asking you this, you know, because I care about you. Are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about killing yourself? And the fact that you preface it with the fact that, you know, I, I care about you. Yeah, I'm asking yeah. you this because I care about you. Um, it's not a accusation, you know, it's not a, it's not a judgment, but just a direct, simple question. And like we said in our previous podcast, that can really open some doors For to sure. let the student feel like, oh, I can finally talk about mm -hmm. what's bothering me. No, totally. If you, uh, I, I think these are good too, yeah. not leading them. So they're, they're, generally speaking, it's less important how you ask than then you ask, right? You know, sometimes we get stuck in our heads, especially if you, this isn't, you know, you, this is your first time doing something like this, being like, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to do it wrong. But the big thing is that you do it. There's a couple examples that I like to share that are not good ways to do it because you're kind of leading them. For example, you wouldn't do anything stupid, would you? And of course, in that example, Who's going to say yes to that, right? You know, because because you're kind of pushing them to say no. And it sounds a little judgy. Too, yeah, like, for sure, for sure. That's so stupid that you would want to commit suicide. Yeah, exactly, so exactly. You don't want them to feel that way. Undercutting that non-judgmental, or you're not suicidal, are you? Right? Again, same same kind of thing, mm -hmm. but you're kind of pushing them towards saying no, which which you want to be non-judgmental and kind of give them ability to just kind of open up and talk about it. If you can't find someone who can ask, and this applies for you listeners, but also students, if you can't, or sorry, I kind of misspoke that, but if you feel like you just can't do it, find someone who can. And that could be another peer. That could be, you know, obviously we, we help student, hope students will come to us or other teachers or parents. Um, but, but it's important that the question gets asked. Absolutely. Um, P is persuade. And this one, I, I think just generally speaking, is you're being a caring, kind person. Mm -hmm. You're practicing compassion and empathy. Um, you're being there with them. Show you care. Be patient with them. They may not answer right away. They may not, you know, but but you're 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 carrying them. The golden rule, right? If you were struggling, which we all struggle sometimes, how do you want people to treat you? Mm -hmm. And obviously not just leave you alone in this case, but but if they're gonna be present with you, how do you want to be treated? Be persistent, meaning you don't just give up. Well, I tried and they said no. Yeah. So I'm I'm done. Listen, be a good listener, don't judge. That's a common theme. And offer hope. 
And that doesn't mean you, you tell them their life's going to be better tomorrow. You know, you, you don't want to give them false hope, but just that things do get better, generally speaking. Life is like a roller coaster. We go up and down. Yeah, and along with the listening and being patient, you know, oftentimes when someone co- comes to us or we ask them and they say yes, you know, we want to say things like, don't, you have so much to live for. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be so happy. Mm-hmm. Look at all the great things in your life. I think that that is always offered with the best of intentions, but can sometimes lead people to feel guilty about their feelings, you know, and so not necessarily judging, but just trying, you're trying to show them all the great things that they have in their life. But often that makes them feel even worse because they're like, yes, I do have all these often things and uh, wonderful things in my life. Why do I feel like this? Why am I messed up? Yeah. Yeah. And they start to feel a little bit worse too. So really just listening and just not necessarily making any value judgment, but just understanding being there with Mm -hmm. them and then persuading and helping them to get some assistance. For sure. For sure. Some specifics just so you can have some, you know, specifics in your brain. I'm concerned. I care about you. What's going on? Are there any adults you trust? Can we go together? And that kind of refer and persuade kind of go together a little bit. Will you let me help you? Right. And sometimes when we're hurting, our answer is no, right? We're like, leave me alone. I just want to be alone. But if they answered yes to that first, the cue, the question, mm-hmm. then then that persuade. Of course, persuade, these principles work for anybody struggling, anybody having a tough time, but especially if they said yes to wanting to hurt themselves or having plans about hurting themselves. That's where that, you know, you're, you're with them, you're persuading. Um, R, the, the last part of the QPRs, refer. And this one... I think it's so important to remind ourselves that people that are suicidal often believe they can't be helped. So we need to go above and beyond to help them see that they are worth saving, right? That they can. And that, and that goes to that caring, to that non-judgmental, um, but, but helping them see that there is there are people that care about them, they're, they're, whether that's their parents, counselors here at school, teachers, coaches, again, getting an adult involved. Um, Tell an, adult, uh, tell an adult, I mean, the big thing is refer, right? We tell our kids, this is, they're not trained. Even our awesome Hope Squad, even my often awesome Hope Squad at Dixie High School, you know, 17, 18 year olds, they are not trained to be the one that takes this on. The, but they are they can't be the CPR, right? The QPR. Well, here. even we are not really trained to Correct. take it on. I mean, our our main role is also to refer. We are yeah. we're not gonna take that on ourselves even as school counselors. Totally. And so we are part of that referral process. We're going to take the referral from the student, we're going to contact a parent, we're going to refer to someone else because it's often something that um, it takes a team of people yeah. to do to address and it's not really in a school counselor purview as well. So that's that's an important thing. No, I love thing that. To and, point out. and I think in that analogy, the CPR, I, I we see I see ourselves as paramedics, right? For sure. The the paramedics sure. again are are, you know, more qualified obviously than this person administering CPR, but they're not the ones that do the the ultimate life saving measures and, right. and, and treatment for whatever the underlying condition is. That is um, a great but, analogy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we're kind of the mental health paramedics, which which you paramedic listeners out there. We, we have major empathy for you because you're, you're in the fire often too. Um, and, and again, we with refer, stay with them. That's the gold standard that you go with them. And I love when I have students bring a friend in into my office and just say, Hey, absolutely. he or she's struggling and they're kind of, they're kind of nervous talking about it, but I, I just wanted to bring them in here. 
So I, I love that. Um, so, so kind of review QPR, you know, in question format or statement format. First Q, are you thinking about suicide? The persuade, an example, I'm concerned about you. R, refer, let's go get help together. Love it. And our students really love this training. The, mm-hmm. the ones I've worked with in the past that have been trained in QPR, it's so empowering to know what to do mm-hmm. because they have friends that talk to them about this all the time. And so we love that they love it. And we hope that you are enjoying learning about it as well because we, like Mr. LD said a million times, it's not just for kids. It mm-hmm. can be for anyone in the community. And really the goal of the QPR um trainers and the people in the QPR um, world is to get everyone trained Mm -hmm, with QPR mm -hmm. so that everyone could be a resource for everyone else. So one of the things that we do when kids come to us um, just to wrap up is we will sit down and we'll do a safety plan with them. And Mm -hmm. the safety plan really is to let them know where they can reach out for help and who they can reach out for to help with. And so we want to end this Uh, second part of our podcast just by letting you know what those supports are so we have um there's an app that's um made available by the state of utah and the university of utah they partner to um give us the safe ut app and it's a great app it's a fantastic app because it links kids to mental health professionals 24 hours a day seven days a week um, they can call or text Mm -hmm. um, they can get on their phone they can get on a computer uh they can actually call a number as well and it lets them get that help. Plus we love it as counselors because it's linked back to our school. So if someone from our school calls safe UT or text safe UT, they always let us know. Mm -hmm. And so then we can be part of that team to follow up and help them get the help that they need. Um, There's also a new national number. So we used to have the the national suicide hotline, which was um, 1-800-278-TALK, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now they've shortened that down to 988. So just like 911 would be an emergency call, 988 is a mental health emergency Mm -hmm. call. And so you can call or text that number. I love the texting ability. Yes, because kids love to text. Mm -hmm. They will text over calling any day. Um, There's a couple of, there's an organization called the Trevor Project, which they are focused mainly on LGBT Mm -hmm. youth, but they will help anyone in need. Uh, But they are, it's their goal to reduce suicidality amongst that population specifically. Um, of course, your school counselor is a resource at whatever level we, it's not my favorite part of my job. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> When not. a suicidal student comes to me, but I feel like it's the most important part yeah, of my job sure. to help those students feel safe and loved and get them the help that they need. And then of course we have um, church, community, any mm-hmm. kind of um, mm-hmm. co- connection that you feel out in your community with your neighbors, your friends, Um, your church members, that's always a great place to turn for support and help with that as well. One final thing as we're kind of wrapping up, I I wish I would have put this in our last episode. Um, So I feel negligent if we don't. We talked about the the rates that it's with firearms. And, And I just want to kind of final thought, if you have firearms in your house, Please, please, please make sure they're not accessible to to your young people or anybody. Having a gun lock, have them safe, locked up. I think that's so critical to eighty four percent of gun deaths yeah. could be prevented. Yeah, yeah. right. They, yeah, for we sure. said in for the last sure. episode, it was eighty four percent of firearm deaths were suicides, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we that we could make a huge difference just with that. And um, there's many organizations in the community that give away 
the gun. It's locks true. It's true. For if you, free. Yeah, we we can connect you to that. But but I just that one's been nagging me since we did our last <laughs> episode. So I wanted to put up. a little postscript of that on here. Just just to make sure you and your children are uh, don't even have that temptation. Absolutely. So thank you again for joining us. This is such an important topic, and we're so grateful for your interest and for listening and for talking it over with your students. Please, if you enjoy our podcast, we ask you to share it so that we can reach as many parents as possible. Um, You can access our podcast on any, I mean, obviously, if you're listening, you already know this, but you can access it on any podcast app. Um, You can also get to it through our website. So Mm -hmm. if you just want to refer another parent to our website, they can look up the podcast on counseling.lovers.net and they can start following it from there. So thank you again. And you guys have a great week. We will see you in a few. All right. Thank you.